Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Football Game Day Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson, during this fabulous bye week. On the show for today's game day, we've got uh, a, a, an old friend, a returning champion, a recent guest, Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you doing, man? Hey, Colby, how are you doing tonight? Hi, man, we're good. Sorry, I just switched the setting and, and things went awry. No, we're great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And then we've got not one, but two representatives from Weber State's signpost. Uh, first, we'll go with we'll go in seniority. We'll go first with sports editor Emily Miller back to chat with us. First time since last week. <laughs> Emily, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And then for the first time in season three. We've got Simon Mortensen joining us. Simon, how have you been, man? How was the summer? Um, summer was summer was bad. <laughs> don't, don't well, I mean, like it was bad in a sense that it was the first semester that I took summer classes and I was just working the entire time. So I don't know. I wanted to be like fourth grade again, but you can't get that back, I guess. But you can't get that back. No, no. And Welcome to adulthood, my friend. Really, it's a scam. Yeah, it's a scam. It is a scam. Um, <laughs> but I did just come from uh, the men's basketball media day and yeah. talk to Coach Duft and Dylan Jones and, um, mm. yeah, Keith Dinwiddie and Zaire Porter and all those guys. So it was fun. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw some uh, – we might have to do a, a an episode on men's basketball a little bit soon um, because – seeing some of those videos today from, you know, interviews with coach Duff talking about the roster, uh, really excited for some of these players that they've went and got. Um, I think that th it's going to be interesting. Coach Duff especially talked about the fact that, you know, he feels like the floor is going to be stretched quite a bit this season. Uh, so the spacing will be good. Um, so we'll see, but, uh, but yeah, we'll have to do some of that later, but now let's talk a little bit about football. So on today's show, obviously, like we said, the Wildcats are, on a buy. So we thought, Hey, let's, uh, let's take an opportunity to take stock a little bit of what's going on. So first we'll give Emily and Simon an opportunity to give their takes about what happened in Davis on Saturday night last week. Uh, just kind of talk through that. And then we'll move on to grading the Wildcats on the road thus far. We're going to kind of get some takes on offense, defense, and special teams and kind of name some players that has stood out in this young season. Then we'll take a quick flyer on the sky and we'll get takes so far, guys. Um, Chappie's winning <laughs> and I don't like it right now. Chappie currently sitting in his picks for the season 31 of 34. Correct. That's a 91%. Uh, Colby is behind 29 to 34, uh, 85%. We will say uh, shout out to Felipe Sitaki. He is a perfect 10 for 10. But that was week one, and those were all FBS matchups. So, uh, plate appearances, right? When we get Felipe back on, we'll have to see what's up. But before we get into all that, want to encourage everyone subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber State Weekly. Please tell your friends and family if they're Wildcat fans and they care a little bit about Weber State sports, or if um, they're current students, whatever, man. Tell them about Weber State Weekly, and uh, hopefully, we can continue to grow the community. We want to grow the fan base. Want to get everybody excited about Wildcat sports, things that are happening on campus, because it's always a good day to be a Wildcat. And then we have our social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Good places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And then Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/WeberStateWeekly. Want to thank all of our patrons thus far who have supported us and continue to do so. 
really grateful to them. Um, also, little side shout out. Uh, the I made the payment today to get this uh, get that turnover belt going. So um, the guy's working on it. Uh, if you were a donor to that campaign, I uh, posted an update in the GoFundMe. So turnover belt coming soon. But want to thank all of the donors to that little campaign to get that rolling because uh, not only were we able to pay the $350 for the turnover belt, but then also make a donation to Weber State Athletics of $48 on top of that. So thanks to everybody who did that. So now let's talk a little bit about the Davis game. Like we said, Emily and Simon wanted to give you both an opportunity to kind of talk about it from your angle, what you saw as uh, as student journalists at the signpost. Emily, I want to start with you. Um, I'd like to keep this simple. So based on what you saw, Last uh, last week against Davis, what did you like about that performance uh, against the Aggies? Um, you know, what I liked was um, it felt like last year there were a lot of games that we could have won just by avoiding little mistakes. And there was plenty of mistakes last week. Don't get me wrong, but it was nice to see that close game and them come up on top and really buckle down and you know, win the game. And it was just nice to start the conference at the, with that game and know we were able to persevere and come out on top. Cause it felt like that wasn't really the case last year. So it, they kind of won us back. Yeah. A lot of close losses, like you said, last season, including, you know, a close loss to Davis themselves in Ogden uh, for a moment, it looked like that might be a repeat uh, where Davis was driving, you know, that, that key turnover by Josh Davis, a second fumble, giving the, the Aggies a short field, but the defense holds. Simon, yeah, what about you? That, oh. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Emily. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that was the, like the best case scenario. Obviously we always want to win, but in, in certain ways it was, it was good. That it was a close game. And we were able to come out on top. Yeah. Simon, what about you, man? What did you like about the Wildcats performance on Saturday night? You know, there's a few things I liked about it. I think, one of the big things is I love how many points they were able to score in the first half. Um, this offense is fast. It is quick. Um, one of my favorite things that Bronson Barron said about it was this offense is simple for him to understand. And it seems like they're keyed into it and able to get a lot of yards and get them quick. Um, the other big thing that I love, and it's going along with what Emily said is um, last year, we wouldn't have been in a position to really make that defensive stop. Um, and that defensive stop is one of my favorite things that we saw just in those last two minutes. You know, that's that's something that could end a game right there and handled it just phenomenally. Um, and so those are two things that I really loved is just the fact that, you know, we have this fast paced offense and we have this defense that can back it up when that offense gets into trouble. Uh, because there were a few times where it did get into trouble and we we held them back and even saw a blocked field goal, which was like I it was partially blocked, but I love it. Like that's one of my favorite things to look for in sports. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that blocked field goal really um, made a difference at the end of the game, because like we said, the Wildcats giving up a short field to the Aggies with time running down had that field goal gone in because it was shot to end the half. Maxwell Anderson, you know, getting his hand up and, you know, getting a little bit of a block. So that doesn't go in. The Wildcats were up five at that point in the fourth quarter. Had that gone in, they're only up two. And so the Aggies, the pressure is off in a way because, yes, their kicker was having trouble, but they could have just kicked a field goal to win the game by one. So it's really, really critical break and just shows, you know, the merit 
and the the character of this team. So let's flip the script now. Emily, talk to me a little bit about what you didn't like about what happened on Saturday night against the Aggies. Uh, there was a couple early mistakes that maybe felt avoidable. And uh, at least it's early enough into the season where it feels like we have time to fix those things. Just, you know, the... Was it like kickoff? I uh, missed the first quarter, but was it kickoff when we dropped it on the return? So it was after kickoff. We it was a f- two plays in. Two plays in. Okay, I knew it was early on. Just things like that that seem a bit avoidable. There was, yeah, just uh, some avoidable things that we can clean up definitely. Simon, what about you? Yeah, I think like, you know, obviously mistakes like that, you know, there were a lot of fumbles in that game and that's a tough defense to play against and forced a lot of fumbles on their end. So I totally understand. Um, The big thing is um, for as great as that offense was in the first half, we didn't have a lot of production in the second. And that's kind of one of those things that I want to see corrected a little bit coming up forward. I, um, as a jazz fan, I have a very big problem with Utah jazz syndrome where come the third quarter, all of a sudden everything stops and then, you know, games are blown. Um, and so I think that's one of the big things is I, I hate seeing performances that are a little bit scoreless in that second half just because it, it does scare you, you know, it, anything can happen in that second half. And once something stopped, it stopped. So I want to see a little bit more offensive production in those later quarters and everything like that. Yeah. Like you said, two turnovers in the second half, uh, the offense really, they only got into the red zone one time in the second half and they ended up getting three points out of it. Luckily those three points were enough to keep them ahead, you know, and move them up from 14 to 17 points, which was enough to put the pressure on the Aggies to have to score a touchdown at the end of the game and give the secondary a chance to just block the block, the ball, right? Like don't, don't let them get anywhere near it. And so, yeah, I think the offense this was the first, this was the best defense that the offense has seen thus far this season. And so I think hopefully they learned quite a bit from that. Davis has a tough defense. I think that some folks in the conference are maybe looking past them right now because of their record and because of what happened thinking, Oh, it's just another slog against a really tough Weber state defense. This is business as usual, but I don't think so. I think this Davis team is really going to surprise some people. And we'll talk a little bit about that later when we take a fly around the sky, but yeah, uh, turnovers, definitely uh, a disappointing thing. Coach Hill mentioned it in, I don't know if you watched the videos that they put out later, ended up talking to the guys about it in the locker room after the game, but also mentioned it in the post-game press conference about the fact that the Wildcats lost the turnover batter, not just once, twice, but three times to none. Wildcats did not get a turnover in that game and still were able to pull out the W. So, um, One thing, just a side note on their defense. I, I read this a couple places and I think it summed it up pretty well. I couldn't agree more myself. That was the closest uh, defense Weber State had to play that was essentially mirrored to their own defense. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that sums that up pretty well. I, I think that our secondary is probably better than Davis's, um, but I think maybe their, their pass rush is a little bit better than ours. So yeah, you can, you can choose no. what you like. Uh, but all right, let's let's say uh, let's give you guys an opportunity to kind of give your MVP for the Davis game. Emily, who's your MVP? So I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but if it was Maxwell Anderson who blocked that. I think it was. Him. Yeah, it was him that got his hand on it. Um, so if it was him, then for sure him. But if it wasn't, probably Desmond Williams. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was big. Simon, what about you? 
Yeah, you know, that's been one of my things is I I think Maxwell Anderson probably deserves that game. One of the things with Maxwell Anderson is um, he's he's been the best, you know, him and Desmond Williams have both been the best defensive backs in the, in the conference right now. Um, Maxwell Anderson leads in a lot of great statistics there. And I think he was one of the big reasons why we were able to control the pass, the pass so well and um, everything like that. So I think he'd be the one that I'd probably give the MVP to. Um, do I have to give an offensive one or no, just one. I, I, I'm going to agree with both of you because not only was Maxwell Anderson, the one that got the hand up and blocked that field goal. He was also the one that blocked that final pass into the end zone to give Davis the turnover on downs, give the Wildcats the ball to kneel it out and close the game. That was a critical pass. Got to make sure that you do not foul that, but you also don't give them an opportunity to catch it. And Miles Hastings, I think surprised some folks. He's a pretty efficient passer. You know, he's not a guy that's going to throw the ball super far down the field, but very good at finding space and getting the ball to guys and big, big play by Maxwell Anderson to make sure that the Aggies didn't have a chance for that final ball to get a chance to win the game. All right, guys, uh, we've bored Sean long enough. He's had to hang out and listen to us go on and on about the Davis game, which we've already talked about. Fascinating. Fascinating. Oh, man. But uh, let's move on. So like we said, the Wildcats are on a bye week this week, uh, taking some time to hopefully, I just hopefully work on some things like we just talked about. The offense has some things to work on. The defense could work on some things. Of course, there's always progress to be made. Uh, I noticed that also coaches are out there taking in high school football games this week, getting, getting a peek at some of the recruits that no doubt they've been talking to. And so let's take a moment to now just reflect on the last four weeks of Wildcat football. And I want to start with the offense. Um, We talked a lot about the offense coming into the season, about how there were lots of question marks. We didn't know what to expect. We had some idea of what coach Mickey mental likes to run based on what we had seen at his time at Notre Dame college, both as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach. And now we've got four weeks of tape to look at it. Talk to me about that. I mean, what exactly would, what grade, I guess, would you give the offense thus far? Sean, I want to start with you, man. Let's bring, let's bring Sean into the conversation. It's great to be with such an esteemed, knowledgeable folks from, from Weaver State <laughs> Weekly. So um, I'm glad to be counted as a part of you. If I'm grading the offense right now, I think I'm at a solid B minus. Um, and, and I think the reason I'm going to B minus is they've shown flashes and they have steadily improved as, as time goes on. But the thing that I'm going to call them out for, um, is, uh, red zone attempts. Now, if you look at our, our stats for the season, we're 21 of 24 in the red zone. Yeah. We lead the conference. Yeah. Lead the conference in that, but let's dig one level deeper. We are 13 of 24 for touchdowns. Okay. So we're just barely over 50% of our red zone attempts are resulting in touchdowns. We've heard the coaches talk about this. I think that's where we need to finish. And I think the other thing that the other reason I'm keeping it at a B minus, I think the run game solid. I think, I think the offense is coming along. I think the, the players are getting more comfortable in coach mental system. But it feels like, and I'd love to hear thoughts from others because I, I, this is just anecdotal for me, but it feels like we get up for the game. We're really hot in the first quarter. 
at the end of the game, we, we get really hot in the fourth quarter. And it seems the dog days of about midway through the second quarter, midway through the third quarter to the end of the third quarter, we're just kind of going through motions. And you notice that all of our scoring seems to come at the beginning or the end. All of our, our, our offensive production seems to come at the beginning or the end. Um, I'd like to see more consistency throughout the, the dog minutes of the third or the second and third quarters. Yeah. And I think coach Jay Hill has talked about that as well, about consistency on offense, you know, consistently moving the ball, especially after last week's performance where it came out hot uh, in spite of the turnover to open the game, had a couple of really good scoring drives, marched down the field, put 14 points up on the board. And then everything came to a screeching halt in the second and third quarters. Well, that's not fair because I think they did kick that field goal in the third quarter. Let me just check the box score. Yes. Kicked the field goal in yes, the third quarter, but nothing in the fourth quarter. And so, uh, Emily, Emily, what about you? Grade for the offense thus far in four weeks into the season? Um, I'm going to give them a B because there's always room for improvement, but sure. I really like where we're at for four games in and especially having this bye week to kind of recover. Um, it feels like for once we've always had a good running game. Like that's never really been a concern. We find ourselves in the end zone a lot with that, but I don't think we get a pit in our stomach as much when the ball's thrown down the field, you know, those longer passes. It feels like a lot of people are on the same page for the first time in a long time. And I, I'm pretty happy with where we're at, but I wouldn't give them any more than a B just because I think there's definitely room for improvement. Okay. Simon, what about you? Uh, you know, I think, um, I think a B is definitely fair in that case, um, as well as B minus. Um, but I think I'm leaning more toward a B. Um, I think one of the things is we saw what an A performance was against Utah tech, like what they did against Utah tech. I would totally give them an A on any day. Um, I think one of the things is, um, a little bit of a turnover problem every now and then. Um, and we see it with fumbles and interceptions alike. Um, and so that's, that's something hard to deal with, but I do love that there is this long pass game. You know, Jacob Sharp has had a great season and Ty McPherson, anytime he gets down there, we're starting to scare defensive backs and that's a huge thing for us. Um, and so that's where I probably leave this offense. At. I think there's a good chance that, you know, Bronson Barron makes a great case for offensive player of the big sky offensive player of the year. Like, I think he has a shot at doing that and would love to see what he, what he pulls out. Cause right now he's sitting second in the second in the conference with yards and touchdowns. If I'm, if I'm right on that one, someone fact check me or <laughs> yeah, you're right. Second in the conference in yards okay. and it's, then uh, looking at touchdowns as well. Taking a little peek here. He's got seven. Um, mm, Miles Hastings has nine. He's got eight. Miles Hastings has eight, but, uh, Lucas Johnson from Montana has 10. Gunnar Talkington oh. has 10. Um, so it's a little bit more murky that, you know, in the fourth. So that's where what Sean talked about was kind of important, right? Closing out those red zone visits, getting those touchdowns, the opportunities there to be at the top of the conference, but still working on it. Yep. I think for me, guys, I'm going to go more with Sean. I'm a little bit more pessimistic. I think B minus probably the place where I would put it. The run game has been phenomenal. We'd like to see that coach mental noted at the beginning of, of the season that he was excited about this run game. We wanted to run a balanced offense. I think we've seen that the Wildcats are number three in the conference in terms of rushing yards. Uh, and it's, you know, well, if technically in terms of yardage, they're number two behind Montana state. Uh, but in terms of your average per game, 
yeah, it's it's third. I think that um, the passing game has improved greatly right now. Like you said, Bronson Barron is the second the second best quarterback in the conference in terms of passing yards. Um, and that's with an FBS game on the, on the docket and a win. Um, of course you can say, well, there's a D2 opponent in there too, Colby. Yes, there is. But also there's a tough Davis opponent in there and Utah tech. And so I don't think we saw that last year. We didn't see Bronson Barron sniffing the top five at all in passing yards, just because of the way that the offense had trouble getting the ball out of the pocket. So I like that. But then, like you said, there are opportunities to capitalize in the red zone. Like Sean noted, yes, the Wildcats currently lead the conference in red zone scoring, a statistic that I was going to point out. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot to be left desired. 13 of 21 of those are touchdowns. A lot more that could Kobe, be done. I, 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 I want to say, I, I think we've talked about this several times. Bronson Barron's improvement last year to this year already, he's like a completely different player. I think it's coach mental. Yeah. I think it's coach mental as the the new quarterbacks coach. That's the difference. Yeah. So, so if I had to choose an offensive MVP, can we put, can we put coaches in there? (laughs) Sure. Why not? I think that Mickey Mitchell is the best, best thing that's happened to the Weber state offense this year. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down, that's the best thing in the Weber State offense. Yeah, Emily Simon, MVPs on the offensive side of the ball for you? Um, I mean, Coach Mental's a really good choice, but I've really liked Jacob Sharp. Oh, yeah, he's been a revelation, right? I'll, I just got to say. That's exactly the word I would use. He's been my favorite to watch, so I'm going to go with Sharp. Yeah, yeah. Sharp. Sharp currently second on, on the team with 310 receiving yards, just three yards behind T Mac. So, yeah. and T Mac was actually my pick. I love watching T Mac. I, he, uh, man, it, it doesn't seem like anyone catch up to him. He can get any deep ball, any grab. And, and once he's in the backfield, you know, that's, that's the one that's scaring DBs a lot is that he, man, his yards after catch are phenomenal. And, He's he's been one of my favorite players to watch. I think him and Bronson Barron have really connected this year and, and made some incredible plays. So I'd probably put T Mac up there um, as mine. And Barron is a close second um, because I think he's also shown great strides this year and done phenomenal. Yep. Coach Hill, um, I think it was after Utah Tech said T Mac's going to be a real problem, and I already see him doing so. So I'm pretty excited for the end of this the season. Look at the attention he got in the Davis game, right? Yeah. They they took him very seriously, and that's that was going to be my pick as well, Simon, is T Mac because it feels like T Mac is playing with a lot of swagger this season. You see it when he's able to haul in some of those big deep balls that Baron is throwing him. Sean, we've talked about that fade that is just yep. working yep. really really well for them. Got a lot, quite a few touchdowns on that fade, and it's just working so perfectly. Uh, exactly. That's not the that's not the T Mac that we saw last season. Of course, you can say, well, Baron's got a throw the ball to him and that's great. He, he is getting the ball. T-Mac's got to haul it in. And like, like I just said, he's going to get more and more attention as the season goes on. And if he's able to answer the attention that he's going to get from Big Sky DBs and continue to haul in big passes or critical passes, yes, you can quibble about the, the interception uh, against Davis on Saturday. Sorry, you know, the ball gets tipped up in the air, whatever. It is what it is. Mistakes happen. But overall, I think T-Mac is 
doing his job as a captain and invigorating the offense, playing with some swagger along with Josh Davis, right? Josh Davis is playing with some swagger as well, which is a guy that we haven't talked about yet, but currently leads the Wildcats in rushing yards. And right now in the conference, I mean, he's, he's top three. I gotta, I gotta look real fast, but right now I, he I, is, it's top four. He's fourth in the conference right now in rushing yards. Colby, I didn't, I, I wanted to just add to that, that, that I don't want to give our running backs room any bulletin board material for the locker room, just internal that, that we didn't talk about them because the, the two headed monster of Bankston and, and Davis have just been tremendous this year. If you want to add McMillan in that, um, uh, as a, as another, just the whole room has just been great. And I think their consistency and being solid is why we're not talking about them right now because, because the passing game has come so far and, and the, the running game didn't have as far to go. And so I think that's why they're not getting the love tonight, but, or today, but that's, that's, but that's, they've been so consistent that sometimes we forget how great those guys have been this year. Yeah, because we haven't talked about DeMond Bankston at all. And we really should. That 160-yard game against Utah Tech, that was big. Yeah, yeah. So let's flip the script, guys. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the defense. Um, the defense I th- is reinvigorated. This is a this is a Wildcat defense of old. And Jay Hill has said that this is probably one of the best defenses he's ever coached. Grades on the first. Sean wants to go first. What's your grade? A plus plus yeah, plus. It's A plus. Yeah. Right. I don't think we could any argue. And here's my here's my reasoning because I, I got to back this up. And thanks to our crack research staff of Chris Ferry, um, I did a good job. This. He put he, he did a good job with this today. Weaver State defense top ten nationally in six d- different categories: interceptions, third down conversion percentage, defensive, uh, red zone defense number two. Uh, we're number one in pa- interceptions, number two in third down conserving precisions, number three in team passing efficiency defense, number five in scoring defense, and number 10 in total defense, total FCS, top 10 in six categories. Oh, and by the way, we, we knocked the offense for red zone woes. Let's credit the defense for red zone success. Two and 11 giving up touchdowns in the red zone, five of 11 we've only allowed defenses to get in the red zone 11 times. We've held them scoreless on six of those scoreless on six of those. And an additional three, they've only got a field goal. This defense is stellar and they deserve all the props that we can give them. And uh, it is a, it is a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. I've got five of, of 11 here and well, maybe you're right. It is six because there is this interception. Um, but only two touchdowns in those visits. Yeah, of those yeah that's what I said. Five, five total scores, two touchdowns. If I didn't say that right, I, I, I apologize. The other thing is we've had at least two games where we've had a defensive stand on the goal line to finish a half, and then at least one where we've had a, a, a basically a goal line stand to finish the game against Davis to, to win that. I This team buckles down and hunkers down in that red zone. And I, I really think that that they could go toe to toe with many an FBS team right now. Yeah. They already have, right? They already have. Well, what I'm just saying there's many out there. (laughs) Uh, Emily or Simon, who wants to go next and give the defense probably the same grade. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was about to say, can anybody argue there? Sean said it great. They buckle down and it is hard to get anything through them and 
I just hope it only gets better if that's even possible. I think uh, one thing to note that Sean brought up was passing past defense efficiency. The Wildcats have defended far more attempts than any other team in the conference and most teams in the country, considering the defense or the offenses that they've already played. Davis is a very pass heavy offense. Yes. You could say Alonzo Gillian likes to run. Yes, of course he does. But the way that they scheme, it's a lot of these little short passes. And so there have been a ton of attempts plus the Utah tech game, a ton of attempts, right? I mean, Utah State, they didn't do anything. They didn't run the ball at all because they had to pass. And that's why Bonner threw four picks. I mean, you said it yourself. Uh, Miles Hastings doesn't throw long, but he throws a lot. And yeah, the stats be 39 of 57. If you've got to throw 39 times to get to 256 yards, <laughs> that, that, that's like it, to put that in basketball terms. Because I'm honestly, I'm more of a basketball guy. That That's like taking 60 shots to get 20 points, right? It, you, yeah. You're just you're it's, it's volume and you're not getting it done at that point. Yeah, I mean at that rate, I mean if you're so Miles Hastings, 256 yards, just uh, 55 more yards than Bronson Barron. Uh, he's he's averaging only 4.49 yards per per attempt, whereas Barron, you know, he had 200 yards, 201 yards. Divide that by his 30 attempts, 6.7 yards, which was not a prolific game for him. But, uh, but more efficient. Offensively, we are averaging 10 yards per completion. So that that's means good. on average, when we're throwing the ball, we're getting a first down. That, that's pretty good. It was pretty incredible. Simon, what about you, man? Your grade? You know, I think I think we have to all go with the same grade on this one. I don't think you can rank him at any less. Um, I think one thing is Maxwell Anderson has put on a uh, – um, prolific performance, you know, we've got, he's number one in interceptions in the conference as far as, um, as far as I checked. And then, um, he was also number one in, uh, passes defended against in the conference. Um, you can't, you can't get a better performance than that. And I think Desmond Williams is phenomenal. I feel robbed of Desmond Williams because of, you know, all those years that we had with him on injury. It's the same with Josh Davis, like seeing Josh Davis run right now. I'm like, Oh, thank you that we get to see this. And thank you that we get to see Desmond Williams um, because they're, they're amazing. Um, And I don't know what what more can you say than they got a team that, you know, went over and, and beat out their conference last year with Logan Bonner and they got their fans to start booing at Logan Bonner. Let's, you know, I don't (laughs) Need to say more, right? <laughs> Just ask any Utah State fan. They were booing the coaches, not the player. Come on. That's true. Yeah, sure. oh, yeah, that's what they said. Oh, uh, when I told Simon about that press release, <laughs> never seen a coach more angry than Utah State's. <laughs> yeah, a, a good point, Simon, about the interceptions. I mean, the Wildcats lead the conference right now with 10. Count them, yep. 10 interceptions in four games. The next closest is Davis with five. In four games. Um, that, that not just leads the conference, leads the nation. Yeah, leads the nation. So, I mean, it's just, it's really, really incredible what the Wildcat defense has done. We've talked a lot about the secondary. We've interviewed a ton of people from the secondary. Uh, it's just really been the, the the pass rush. If there's anything I can pick at nits on, love to see the Wildcats get home a little bit more. Sean and I, I talked a little bit about that on the Monday show. And so... We'll see what what that brings because the Wildcats right now sitting in terms of sacks, uh, the Wildcats not necessarily crushing it when it comes to sacks. And so we'd love to... Four on the season, Colby. 
Yeah, I got five. Number uh, five of them in four games, and so that's eleventh in the conference. You know, Northern Colorado has four. We have just one more at five. Montana's got sixteen now. Montana hasn't played the schedule we have, but they're getting home. Patrick O'Connell is legit. So can can I? I, I want to. I, I know we've been critical about the defense for not getting home and getting the quarterback, but let's give credit where credit is due. The the red zone defense is amazing. We're also holding opponents to 15 to 68 on third down. That's 22%. We are getting off the field and yeah. that is important for a defense. And, and I'm okay with not getting sacks when the rest of it is working. Right. And that's, I think that's where we're at right now. Yes. I'd love to see more sacks. I want to see them get the reward for that rushing, but right now we're not rushing and our secondary is fantastic. Our rushing defense has been fantastic. I mean, we have shut down uh, the teams we've played and, and it's just been a beautiful thing. One last thing I wanted to say on conversions and then we can move on to special teams uh, is so interesting thing about that, Sean. So like you said, in third down conversions, there was a there was a point in the season where the Wildcats were leading the nation at third down conversions. People just weren't. And a lot of that had to do with especially that Utah State game where they did not give up a single third down conversion. Fourth down conversions are interesting, though, because the Wildcats are third in the conference right now. They're five of 14 in four games, 14 attempts have gone for it against the Wildcats. Nobody else in the conference has more than eight. Well, that's not true. Northern Colorado has nine. Sorry. But 14 times they've gone for it against this Wildcat defense. Only five times have they come away successful. That's pretty incredible, man. And it also is really weird. Like, what are teams doing that they have to go for it on fourth down 14 times? I don't know. Desperation, I guess. Well, they're not they're not getting the first down on third down. That's what they're going <laughs> yeah. for it on fourth down. Like, it's short yarded situation. They're like, we gotta try it. We I mean we gotta try it. Uh really quickly, guys, MVP for the for the defense then. Kyle's options. I, I I gotta put Kyle Thompson in there. I think no, 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 defense, the defense. Oh, I thought you meant special teams. You said oh, yeah. special teams before, and then I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm in. Mac, Maxwell Anderson is mine. Sorry, that Same. was me not paying attention. Maxwell yeah. Anderson is mine. Emily? Yep. Maxwell Anderson. <laughs> Sean? Yeah, I, I mean, Maxwell Anderson is the obvious answer. Let, let's give some credit to, to Reed Winston, who leads the team with uh, 21 oh. solo tackles. Um, and and so let's give some credit there. But um, Winston, yeah, has I mean, been, he's... He's done a really good job of cleaning up, you know, getting a lot of tackles, yeah. just getting getting yeah. things down. So Winston Reed really playing and also doing a good job, you know, in that captain's role as well. Yeah. So I, I, I'm good with that. But but when you've got four interceptions in four games, I mean, yeah, haven't helped the quarterback that throws a Maxwell Anderson's direction this year. Yeah, they don't want to. Uh, let's talk briefly about special teams, because um, as I did some research for the show and just kind of looking across the conference at some of the kicking statistics, especially field goal percentages. Guys, Kyle Thompson has been really good. Uh, I don't think that he's gotten his due uh, as, a, as, a, as a player who's really been consistent for the Wildcats in kicking because there are some kickers out there that are really struggling. We saw one last week at Davis. Montana's kickers really had a, a rough go of it. Um, what can we say about, about the special teams? He's worth an early show. <laughs> Go ahead, Simon. Oh, no, I was just saying Kyle Thompson's worth an early shout out. 
You know, yeah, he, he is, yeah, he is. Eight, eight of 11 on the year. His three misses have all come at 40 plus yards. Yep. Um, so he's money within, within the, the 30 yard or 39 yards and in, in. Uh, he's perfect on the season. Um, I think we need to give him credit because the offense has struggled and not getting those touchdowns and finishing out. He's, he's cleaning up the mess and getting the three points. So we're not coming away with empty possessions in the red zone. So I, I think that's a good thing. Um, we did have the, uh, uh, muffed punt to open the season or the, the muffed kickoff, right? The, the led to points, um, in, in our opener. Um, we, uh, uh, I think we've had a couple of special teams instances. I don't think the special teams have been as stellar this year. Um, if I'm giving a grade to that, I, I think they're at a C plus because I want, I, I, and I'm looking at this as average. And I know a lot of people think C is, is bad. C is average. And, sure. and so C plus is, is right where I'd grade them because they're not the A team that we've come to expect under Jay Hill. And I think the pressure of those expectations, fans love the special teams. We know it's a staple of the Jay Hill uh, experience. Um, we haven't seen the fakes. Um, Jay Hill hasn't been quite as uh, gung-ho. We saw one that, that saw didn't one. work so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I think the special teams is, um, not as good, but I think they're serviceable. And, and so C plus is a passing, but average grade. Which, by the way, Kyle Thompson got 14 yards on that fake, fake field goal. Just no, that was that great. Out. He just didn't, get, which just didn't score <laughs> just didn't in the first touchdown. Yeah. Cause they didn't get us much. Um, yeah, but I would, it. as a special teams as a whole, I'll give, I don't want to say a C, I think maybe a C plus B minus. I'm kind of in general, just like, I mean, we all know how special teams can be like Sean was saying, like they usually are a plus quality work in my opinion, but um, I like Kyle Thompson, Kyle Thompson individually in a plus he's, he's, he's great. He, we all know what he's going to get done when he's out on the field. And it's nice knowing we don't have to worry about him. Very consistent. Simon, what about you? I feel the same way. I think, you know, um, probably around that C plus B minus range. I think one of the big things is, you know, there's definitely some highlights to look at out with, you know, we obviously saw the Maxwell Anderson block, which I, I count on that special teams right there, just on field goal. Block. I think the other thing is too, you know, one of the things that makes this hard for us, and we talked about how Jay Hill has brought up, you know, a culture that has, you know, prioritized kick return and punt return a lot. And one of the evidences of that is now gone because for the last four years, we've had probably the best returner in the big sky. And now he's off um, on the practice squad for the saints right now. The country, the country, the country. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's one of the big things to look at is, um, you know, this, this is still a, a system that's kind of finding their groove. Anytime you lose a player of that caliber, you're obviously, you know, trying to find out what to get from it. I don't hold, you know, that Utah state return against for anything, because obviously I think there's flukes and everything like that. So just, just looking at those um, generally from, from that standpoint is I think they're, they're still growing. So can we give a shout out? we talked about the, the positives of special teams. Um, let's give a shout out to Hayes Hadley, who has yeah. been uh, just as much a revelation as, as sharp right as a receiver. Um, but Hayes Hadley, uh, 261 total yards, averaging 13 yards on a return. I know that doesn't sound like much, but but he's made a difference. He's not the speed threat. I don't 
not yet is he a touchdown threat. Like like when on kickoff returns, we expected Rashid to go 99 every time. I don't think Hayes is, is quite to that level of excitement and, and threat readiness. Is that a word? Um, but uh, uh, I, I think that he has become a very serviceable back to quote my, my buddy Chappie. Um, he's flipping the field so that he's giving the Wildcat offense less yards that they need to cover. And I think that's a, a weapon that we have. So I want to give him all credit. He's my special teams MVP uh, right now. It's important, specifically about Hayes Hadley. If people, it's it wouldn't do him justice to compare him to Rashid Shahid, but you can't not acknowledge that he is doing his own thing and it's working. Yeah, because I think that it, when, it, when it comes to punt returns right now, you know, the toast of the conference is Taco Dollar up at Montana State. He's averaging 21 yards per um, per opportunity. Um, and he's only had four. So you're like, like, oh, well, geez, he's just had, you know, and one of those was a 67 yard long. So it's a little inflated, but Dollar has been good for them. But I, I agree with you all that Hadley has really kind of come into his own and is doing it his way. I don't think that there have been a couple of mistakes where like, oh, you know, there've been some mistakes and he had, you know, didn't catch the ball and had to hurry and land on it, but he didn't give the ball away. And largely he's been quick. He's working on, I think, getting better. And special teams as a whole has improved every single game this season, just like the offense has. And so, yes, there were problems in the first game against Western Oregon. Uh, another problem, like we talked about in the Utah Tech game where ran into the punter, Utah Tech ends up scoring a touchdown because of that. Had they not, that would have been a three and out and the defense is off the field. We haven't seen another one of those, you know, and so each each week special teams is getting better. So for me, if I were to pick an MVP, I mean, it's probably Kyle Thompson, just like we already talked about, because he has been able to take what's been given him and convert on it largely. But there are lots of names to call. We haven't we haven't said a thing about Damon Bankston and his job returning on kickoffs, or even Abraham Williams, who has had some really good opportunities. He's averaging 24 yards. Damon is averaging 29 yards on kickoff returns. So, you know, there are a lot of names we could call. Special teams is uh, there are teams that are worse off. We'll say that. Colby, I don't want to beleaguer a point, but I, I do want to give um, some props to uh, Brett Heine, the standard examiner. During the Utah Tech game, the fans were all over special teams. I think we were kind of on, on the show afterwards about the kick that he did uh, He did get to and didn't let it roll back, and he got hit right away. And the Brett pointed out that, hey, if he lets that roll, the offense is 15 to 20 yards behind where they were because he fielded that. And, and so was that really a bad decision to field that punt um, and get rocked like that, you know, when he saved the offense 20 yards? The definition of taking one for the team, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, we've talked about the, the team. I think that overall things looking pretty positive. We had some good things to say, some things obviously to improve on, but let's Move on to fly our fly on the sky segment where we're going to take a look at the the games across the conference. I've compiled season records right now. Colby is sitting at a 29 and 34 clip on his picks. That's 85% folks, but not enough to dethrone Dustin Chappie Chapman. He's 31 of 34, 91%. Uh, Chappie's in the lead right now with a shout out to Felipe Sataki. Like we said, 
10 of 10 right now in his lone appearance on Weaver State Weekly's game day show. Emily, you had a rough week last week. One of five in your picks, 20%. We all know that's because I let my emotion take over and it's whatever team I <laughs> I dislike least. Are you so, choosing by colors? No. <laughs> I don't like any of the colors. No, we don't like the green teams, I'll tell you that. We don't like green Soccer teams, teams man. Soccer yeah. teams. But yeah. I let my emotions take over and I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then Sean, hey, Kobe, uh, seven of nine, 77% so far. So I, I had a pretty good week, but I had easy games to pick. So, so that's okay. Um, I want to, I do want to uh, say as we get into this portion of the show, um, we were reminded by somebody who I have been following on Twitter for a long time that we need to do standings as part of this because apparently he doesn't have Google. And so, oh. um, <laughs> okay. so Chappie, here's your standings. Five teams are one and zero in the conference. Five teams are zero and one, and two haven't played a conference game. That's all I'm going to give you. That's your standings. Yeah, I mean it's it's super early, right? Uh, we're just getting out of out of conference. Conference play just started last week. I, I'm just mocking Chappie because he doesn't have Google. He always <laughs> asks people on Twitter what how to do things. I'm like, dude, Google. The Google machine. Uh, but you're right. Not all out of conference schedules are created equally. That's why even in conference schedules are not created equally. Right. We talked about Eastern Eastern's schedule. This season is just brutal. And Montana States is very soft, right? Weber's schedule is pretty tough. Yeah, there's this balance. It's just the way it goes. So let's, uh, let's get to our picks. Uh, first up Montana at Idaho state. Uh, I think I already know everyone's pick, but you can go ahead and tell it to me. <laughs> Holding my nose as I pick the uh, Grizzlies. <laughs> Emily or yeah. Simon? I think as far as Montana State, Idaho State is concerned. Um, yeah, I don't, Ooh, I don't, Montana, not Montana State. Don't, we don't want to get any angry. Email. It says Montana State on here. I'm pulling up the Saturday, October 8th. 2022. This Saturday, Wait, not it's next. not October 8th. It's October 1st. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. My calendar's off. Sorry. My bad. That, I thought that, that was that is your, uh, your uh, opinion piece in the sign postage. Oh, thank you. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Go read it, folks, and see if you agree with Simon's take. It's there I do for not. you. <laughs> well, who do you, who do you got, Simon? That's the Grizz or the, or the Stripes? It's the Grizz, no doubt. Like, I, Stripes and I did put the Grizz up like near the top on that one and you know idaho state near the bottom so i'll yeah stripes I'll but not at the bottom <laughs> yeah stripes are the worst team in the conference after last week's embarrassing loss to northern colorado probably one of the worst teams in in, in the country emily idaho state i'm kidding oh, i was I like whoa mess with you guys. this is why you're one in five <laughs> i just want to mess with you guys all right all right, no. all right. I would love, because it's in Pocatello, I'd love to see the Grizz get, not torn up, but just, I'd love to see them lose, especially in a place like Pocatello. Weird things happen in the potato cellar. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's Wait, less it, weird than the walk-up yeah, Sky Dome. Not the U, or University of Idaho. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say Montana, because I don't think that's exciting, but it's going to be Montana. It's Montana, folks. That defense is for real, and the Idaho State offense struggled against Northern Colorado. What do you think they're going to do when Patrick O'Connell is out there? They're going to get their <laughs> butts kicked. Uh, Northern Arizona at Portland State. This one's a little bit more interesting. Uh, I'm interested to get you guys' takes on this. Sean, what about you? NAU or the Vikings? Jackson Vikings. Is, this, is in, this is in Portland, right? 
Yeah, it's in Portland at Hillsborough. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think I I think I want to take I, I want to take NAU. Um, but okay. I no, I, I'm going to go with the Lumberjacks. I, I I think they can they can handle the road trip, but they don't usually win on the road. Um, and so um, I I worry about that, but I'll go NAU. Okay, I'm very down on on NAU after last week, but Emily, uh, what's your take here? NAU or Portland State, a green team? I don't like the green teams, but I also don't like NAU. Um, I don't really like any school in the Big Sky besides Weber, but that's besides the point. Um, I'll go NAU just because I don't think Portland's doing anything this. I was about to say semester this season. It's fine. All right, Simon. <laughs> I'm, I'm sudden. What's that? Jacks or or Vikings here, man. That's the thing. I got to side with NAU on this one as well. I think one of the things is um, RJ Martinez is still trying to find his footing a little bit. Yeah, but he's trying to get back. Is, right. This is the freshman, you know, player of the year that we're talking about. You know, it yeah. is something that has clear potential. I don't think that – I don't think they're slipping up against Portland State, a team that's still struggling, struggling to find their offense this season. So, But Sorry, Sean guys. made a good point. Not to cut you off. If there's a team that would win at home, I wouldn't be shocked that NAU lost, but I still think it's NAU. Yeah. I'm taking Portland State, guys. I just, after what I saw with NAU against Idaho last weekend and the walk-up Skydome, I mean, sure, they've got a win against Sam Houston State, and we can we can toot our horns about that, but I don't know, man. I'm just so down on them. After It's like, what is this? They're all... They're all their offense has problems. Their defense is trash. Their run defense especially is trash. So I don't know, man, because Kobe, PSU, here's, here's PSU is a good secondary. From. Here's where I'm coming from. These two teams have combined for, if I'm, if I'm doing the math right, 86 points on their <laughs> 96 points on the season. Weber State, well, let's let me give you Weber State. Um, Northern Colorado has scored 100. Okay. Oof. This is going to be an offensive slugfest. No, this is going to be a punt fest. Nobody's going to get past the 50. This is going to end up as a, as a three, nothing win. And it's going to be ugly all the way. I'm totally wrong about that. I, I'm still taking the Vikings guys. Uh, next up. I'm going to Sac State at Cal Poly. This one's a little bit easier. Who you guys got? Two green teams slugging it out. Uh, pass. Pass? <laughs> Did you just say that? Sac State. Sac State wins this one. Yes. The back-to-not-to-back-to-back the back back champions of the big guy. <laughs> don't get me started. Emily Simon? Um, hey. I don't want to say Sac State, but here we are. I'm trying not to let my hate sort of schools take over but um where's it at is it at well i mean is it at sac state or is that it's in slo no it's in california it's down in southern california by the way both schools are in california i was about to say i said southern hey hey hey, i fixed it (laughs) is is slow you now my californian showing and i don't even know if slow is considered southern but that's a conversation for another time okay Um, i'm not gonna quibble with the californian hey 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 it's more central Okay. It's central, but that's fine. It's fine. Um, I don't know. I'll say Sac State because I probably have to redeem myself, but I, I mean, want you gotta, Cal Poly. To you win. need to start making some good picks, Emily. One of five so far. Simon, what about you? 
Oh, it's just Sac State. There's no way I'm touching Cal Poly on a win. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sac's defense is too good. Yeah. Uh, next up, Northern Colorado at Idaho. This is Idaho's homecoming game. If you guys listen to the Tubbs guys preview of this game, it is a 45-minute beat down of how terrible Northern Colorado is. They literally couldn't find one nice thing to say about them. That's how bad Northern Colorado is. So guys, Northern Colorado or the Vandals. Uh, Grandpa McQueen would be very mad if I didn't choose the Vandals on this one. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Emily Simon. I think the Vandals are kind of fun to watch. I don't they know. Are fun. So we'll go Idaho. Okay. Simon. I think Idaho, but I think like there's a good chance that this turns into a close game, but I still think Idaho. No, stop with the UNC support, Simon. I'm over it. I'm over it. You need to stop. I'll take my hands off on this one, but yeah, I I still say Idaho, but I don't think that the gap is as far as is being told. So. Hey, I think can Simon's we give a, like we planning on weekly. getting his master's at UNC, and this is how he's breaking into us. Like yeah, he's, oh. he's supporting them too much. <laughs> can we give a shout out to a friend of the program, Chris Hammond, who just took a job with the Idaho Athletics Department? Yeah, congrats um, to Chris, and, man. And congrats to Chris. Uh, good job on that. Yeah, we're gonna miss the Podfather. Obviously, now working for the university, his uh, you know his his ability to talk about them, you know, in a podcast format, a little limited now. But uh, we grateful for the opportunity that you know the Podfather gave us to come into the Big Sky Podcast Network and be, and join our fellow friends. We found some good friends here, and so congrats to him. And uh, I know he's gonna do well raising money for the Vandals. Man, and there's a there's a lot of energy going on up there. Let's talk uh, Davis at Montana State, guys. Most interesting game of the week, in my opinion. Sean, who are you picking? Again, picking my or holding, picking my nose, holding my nose. Um, I'm taking the Bobcats. I think the Bobcats are better than Davis okay. um, right now. Um, they're hurt, um, and if I read the uh, information right, they're playing at home, right. and and so that's a tough place to play, no matter who you are. I know, I know the Bobcats are hurt, but I take the Bobcats out. Okay, Emily. I'm going UC Davis. I want to see. I want to see the Bobcats lose. It's I'm one thinking. of my. I love watching Montana. If there's a team I love, oh, we all want to see them lose. Either Montana. Don't, don't mistake my picking them for not wanting to see them lose. <laughs> I, I don't like UC Davis, but I think they're kind. Of, it's going to be do or die for Davis. They're going to come out with their hair on fire. Yep. It's. It's just going to be. I don't. I think that's going to be the hardest game that UC Davis is going to have to fight for, but I definitely think they can come out on top. You lose this game and there is no playoff hopes for Davis. You have yeah, to win this absolutely. game if you want I agree. to play. I agree. Simon? And I think that has potential for a win. Yep. Simon, what about you, man? I'm agreeing on this one with UC Davis. Um, I think the big thing is, um, one of the things that I'm looking at is, you know, you have Montana State nearly losing to Eastern Washington. I think that UC Davis is clearly a stronger opponent. Um, I think one of the big things is, yeah, Montana State is still a little bit hurt. I think they're going to get ball rolling a little bit later in the season, but I think right now it's UC Davis's game. Yeah, Davis's defense, I think, is far better than any defense that they've seen thus far, aside from maybe Oregon State, a Power 5 opponent, uh, which really put the hurt on the Bobcats, but it's an FBS game. You know, it is what it is. We saw Davis's defense last week. They're good. They're really good. And I, with with the injuries to to the Bobcats, 
They're not going to be able to throw the ball super well. They're going to be forced to run it again. I don't think they're going to be able to run it super well against this Davis front seven. Um, so where are the points going to come from? I don't know. So I'm taking Davis. All fair points. Montana is a tough road trip. I don't care. Montana is a tough road trip. That's fair. Bozeman is, is, and they're going to, and folks are going to be excited up there, man. So uh, last one, Ewa at Florida. This game got pushed back a day because of Hurricane Ian, now Tropical Storm Ian. Um, was supposed to be Saturday. Now it's going to be played Sunday in the swamp against the Gators. Uh, that means it's one less day of prep for the Eagles to take on the Wildcats for homecoming weekend in Ogden. I think we know the answer here, but I just wanted to point out the situation. Uh, hope everybody in Florida is okay. Yep. Um, I have, I've been in Florida for a hurricane. It's not a fun experience. Um, uh, had the eye of a hurricane go right over my apartment one summer and, uh, um, one of the scariest things I've ever been in, but, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm taking the Gators on this one. Yeah. Uh, chomp, chomp. Same. Emily. Um, the Gators, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Simon. I guess. I mean, it has to be the Gators, but I don't know. Lately, yeah. Like Marshall versus Notre Dame scared me early on. It's not the same thing. <laughs> but, you know, Dude, your, your takes, your takes this week. We, we need to teach you about college football. No, 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 no. You cannot tell me that there hasn't been some weird, weird games these first four weeks across the NCAA. There have been weird games. Middle Tennessee State against Miami. That, that was the weird one for me. I think it's too late into the season for any weird mishaps. Like, I, I don't think there's a chance Iwu no. is going to no, put I up don't, anything. I don't think Iwu is going to put up anything, but they're having weird games. So, if it was yeah. their first uh, game, to, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say it's too bad that Florida doesn't know how to go across state lines because I would have loved to seen this one come to Cheney as a, as an alternate. And they, they never would have left the sec, but, but how much fun would that have been to see Florida go up to Cheney and play on the red turf as, yeah. as the, uh, as the get out of the, get out of uh, Ian's way, but they're not going to give up all that money. Florida's going to roll in this one. They're, yeah. they're a good team. Yeah. They're an okay team. I'll say that. <laughs> they lost to Tennessee last week. Yeah. I don't know. They got problems. They're not as good as everyone thought. But all right, let's look at the upcoming schedule. So like we said, folks, uh, off this weekend. So that's why we took some time to reflect. Uh, Then Saturday, October 8th, Wildcats taking on Eastern Washington with six days rest, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is the homecoming game. My favorite game of the year. I am so bummed. Yep. So the, the, the W will be on the mountain. Uh, get your purple gear. This is the last night game of the season. So get out there and enjoy that. Make Ogden purple. Make Ogden purple folks like homecoming week is the best. So get out there and uh, do the thing. Then October 15th, Wildcats take the trip up to Portland state to take on the Vikings to hopefully get revenge after what happened last season. Uh, 3 PM mountain standard time. That'll be on ESPN plus. Then the following week, October 22nd, the Wildcats on the road again, this time in Bozeman to take on the Bobcats, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That'll be on ESPN Plus as well. And then October 29th, Montana comes to Ogden. The Grizz will take on the Wildcats at Stewart Stadium, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets. This this will be a big game, guys, because the Grizz have a good team. They're probably going to travel. Buy tickets and be loud at Stewart Stadium because if you're not, uh, the Grizz will be. They're going to have fans, and uh, it's not going to be like 
2019 where it was cold. So not that many people came. It's late October. They don't mind. They're going to come down for the weekend. So get your tickets, be loud. Let's make sure the Wildcats can get the most favorable, favorable environment that they possibly can to play a really, really good team. Cause this is the clash of the Titans in the big sky conference. Hey, Kobe, before we wrap the show, um, can I give a shout out to uh, my eldest son who's having a birthday this week? And oh, he'll be thrilled that I, I got him on the show. So happy birthday, Oliver. Uh, uh, we love you. Happy birthday to Boy the Elder, man. Good for him. That's right. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, you know where to get us. Email weekly gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. We got the blog. Um, and that's it. Guys, want to thank you all for taking some time to do the game day show, even on a bye week. Appreciate all of it. We'll wrap it up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great. <laughs> Great. Man, this one lagged. Go Wildcats. <laughs> it, it's in the chat, people. Come on. Oh!